on TV, online and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. Hey folks, artificial intelligence has become an increasingly powerful and pervasive force in our modern world, has the potential to revolutionise industries, improve efficiency and enhance our quality of lives. That's what we're told, but along with its promising advancements, AI also brings certain risks and challenges we do have to address. Today we explore the good and the bad of AI. I'm Aaron Young, let's get started. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Hello and welcome. Why are we so worried about AI? Is it because it might steal our jobs? As AI and automation continue to advance, there's a legitimate fear that certain tasks and roles currently performed by humans may become obsolete. Then we have the question, what would AI do with all of us useless, high-maintenance, unemployed humans? The thing is, the job market's been changing forever. Have a look at this graph, for example. It shows the changing distribution of the labor force by sector. See how manufacturing and agriculture jobs have been shrinking, not just now, but for a very long time. You might think that they could be the first sectors that would be snapped up by machine learning, automation, and AI. And while a former Google CEO warns about the risks of AI to human life, others see AI as a really helpful tool to bring people closer together. Have a look at this from Project Starline's mission is to bring people together and make them feel present with each other, even if physically they are miles apart. Our earlier prototype relied on several cameras and sensors to produce a live 3D image of the remote person. In our new prototype, we have developed a breakthrough AI technique that learns to create a person's 3D likeness and image using only a few standard cameras. So imagine one day it feels like you're watching this, but I'm actually in the room with you as opposed to on television. Pretty scary thought. The idea is that while certain job categories may see a decline, new opportunities will emerge requiring reskilling and adaptation of the workforce as well. For more, let's bring in global futurist, Dr. Keith Suda. Of course, great to see you, sir. Hello. Is AI going to take my job? And as a global futurist, could AI ever take your job? Um, I think there's a great risk of that, absolutely. So those of us who are involved in the service sector, such as and the knowledge-based industries, which is what you and I are involved in, absolutely. At some point, perhaps quicker in the future than we might think, we will end up with um, uh, certainly things like writing of documents. We already know that some stories are being written by AI. So the AI process is creeping up on us. If I could just perhaps give a bigger picture on this. Over half a century ago, Gordon Moore, one of the founders of Intel, predicted that the power of computers will double every 18 months or two years. They will double in power, but they will also be reduced in price. And in the early years, that didn't cause too much of a, a ripple. But what we're now seeing is the gathering of the momentum of that doubling process. And um, uh, a person called Ray Kurzweil, who works for Google for a dollar a year, um, made his money years ago and now lives off royalties. He talks about the year of singularity. The year of singularity is when knowledge just becomes vertical. Uh, that's the knowledge curve. And so the year of singularity is really when you have to say, well, what is the future of humans? You, you've been talking about jobs. That's the obvious question. But there is an even bigger question, which is what computers will do with humans after the year of singularity. Will they keep us on as pets? 
Or will they say, well done, guys. Thanks very much. We'll take over from now. You're now redundant as an entire species on this planet. Um, and they're the sort of the big questions which I think now need to be asked. I'm intrigued by the number of computer specialists who are far more educated on these issues than I am, who are now saying, look, we work on the coalface. We are involved in doing all of these particular jobs. Um, we're alarmed at the rate of progress, and we think there should be some sort of um, slowing down of this process to enable humankind to catch its breath and work out where it wants to go on this upwardly moving curve. It's a nice idea to be able to do that, but you and I know that human beings don't operate as a collective. They operate very independently. And we have this uh, thing, you know, commercialization and that constant desire to be able to compete. And if the United States were to have that conversation, and I know some countries in Europe are trying to have that conversation, there are others, namely China and Russia, who no doubt are putting a lot of effort right now into uh, AI. We can see that by the share price of NVIDIA, which is soaring, going through the roof, the value of that company as everyone is now rushing towards AI. If you're a startup, you want to be in the AI space right now. Yeah, so that, I'm not licensed to give financial advice, <laughs> but I'd remind you that when Henry Ford started his production um, well over a century ago, there were uh, hundreds of automobile manufacturers in the United States. They then all collapsed. And Warren yeah. Buffett has said on a number of occasions that if he'd been alive and investing at that time, he didn't know which company would survive. Uh, so by all means, um, congratulate the people in the startups, but a lot of them are going to fade away, um, as we're seeing already in the biotech side of all of this. I well. guess my so point is, is that you're always going to have different people, different countries. For example, China and Russia would push ahead with AI development if the United States were to stop and pause and have a conversation about what is this actually doing? And also, of course, you've got competition between companies. Uh, they also want to press ahead with this. It's not just NVIDIA that you've talked about, but Google and other companies that are also going down this track. It's almost as though some of us can see this raft heading towards the rapids and a disappearance into the waterfall, and we're giving a warning but it's not being heeded because everybody's in this race to get down the river. Yeah, it's, it's such an interesting uh, insight. You, you mentioned about how computers might get to the point and AI might get to the point of what do we do about all these useless human beings? How does that actually look? I mean, at the moment, a computer is, uh, AI is sitting in a computer. It might be in our phones. Uh, there's all sorts of apps coming out as well. That's fine. If my phone doesn't like me, I won't take it personally. But how can it actually get rid of me? Um, who knows? Um, the obvious one, I guess, would be just they would just seize all the data which you're uploading. In other words, it, you've got people who are uploading their financial details into mobile phones because they can then just switch the, use the phone to make payments, etc. Um, and the uh, artificial intelligence around the year 2050, maybe a little earlier now, will just simply say, thanks, we'll hold on to your data. And it so is interesting. In a sense, you become redundant. 
It is interesting, the concept of which sorts of jobs could go. I've spoken to people in the past who've said that if you don't think that AI or that automation could actually take your job, you're kidding yourself, they will find a way, people will find a way, or even eventually AI might find a way to continually reinvent itself. Obviously, copywriters uh, through JatGTP uh, are, are in an interesting perspective. Script writers in Hollywood who are out on strike at the moment, um, we know that the whole reality television came about from the last Hollywood scriptwriters strike. So it might be that uh, studio executives get behind, you know, chat uh, GTP and, and, and off they go. I mean, human yeah. advancement continues despite what people throw at it has been the experience, right? Absolutely. So technology has its own momentum. You go all the way back to 1750 and the beginning of the Industrial Revolution when you had people who were making clothing at home. They were suddenly replaced by these factories that could produce a hundred times more efficiently than a weaver staying at home. Um, and you get this dramatic improvement in the availability of goods, etc. But it also costs some people some jobs. But of course, the counter argument is to say, yeah, but it created jobs in the factories and we're able to employ more people. And so technology also um, gives rise to new jobs, which you simply cannot imagine. We have limited imagination. We have no idea what new jobs could come along, or or uh, the development of a UBI, a universal basic income, mm. so that everybody would receive a sum of money as well, as soon as they turn 18, they'll get it from the government, and it'll stay all the way through until they die. So it'll replace all the other different allowances, etc. cetera. Um, and you would then, if you're a, a workaholic like me, uh, you'll continue to work, and so you'll give all that money back to the government via taxation. Yeah but you yeah. get other people who have been able to sit in their garage at home and invent a new computer system or something. Kind of like the Star Trek idea that you don't work for money, but you work for knowledge. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Yeah. Keith Suter about the future of AI. After the break, we're going to come back and actually talk about the future of the war in Ukraine. I'm Aaron Young. Do stay with us. 